You're not ready, Kirby. No, I'm never ready. Okay, perfect. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. My name is Legacy DeShazo, and um, actually, welcome to GG Boys, uh, the podcast on uh, a thicker productions that is more along the lines of us talking to people behind the scenes or kind of right in front of the uh, microphone. Uh, we're kind of here to enjoy what we're doing. Uh, so, and also just to insult each other. Oh, 100%. 100% insult each other. Um, but uh, yeah, this is GG Boys. We're going to be talking about gaming um, and delving into a ton of different subjects, not just gaming, but mostly gaming because we're a lot of uh, quote unquote gamers here. Um, <coughs> nerds. Maybe we'll even uh, delve into the reason why we exist. But that's out of the question. Until then, let's talk about our guest host today. Uh, the most with the host, uh, or the host with the most, there we go. Uh, they are currently a DM for a campaign that is going to be coming on a thicker production soon. Um, he is a champion, chauffeur, a.k.a. Kirby. How are you what doing today? Um, I'm tired, I'm caffeinated, and I'm currently Reloading? Reloading. Oh yeah, we're doing games. So, um, other part about this podcast is that we are playing hopefully some games, whether it's with each other or separately um, during the podcast, and we're also talking to each other. Uh, Kirby, what game are you playing today? I am currently playing War Thunder, made by Gaijin Entertainment, also known as those sneaky bloody Russians. Oh, there we go. Gotta get that Russian bias in. <laughs> 100%. So, Kirby, you said you're tired today. We're thankful to have you on the podcast today. We know you work today. Uh, heard you had a hit and run? Um, yeah. So, about that, yesterday I was going to go on some errands because, you know, those have to be run and everything. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, I'll take my mom's car because she never drives it anymore and it needs to be driven, so... I'm sitting on the side of the street, you see. Okay. Just minding my own business. Okay. And then, like, a visitor of my neighbor, something, I don't even know, just this truck suddenly backs into me, just whoop, 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 and just bonks me. Like, the softest bonk ever. Okay. So I honk, and he just drives away. Wait, no, wait, they drove away. Yeah, the truck just, like, drives away after bonking me. So I'm like, hey, you know, if you would have got out and just, like, apologized and be like, dude, sorry, I would have been, like, it's cool. No big deal. But, so I decided to drive after him and we came Wait, to a stop. Wait, you, you drove after him? I wasn't speeding, I swear. <laughs> Maybe two miles an hour over maybe eight i don't know um <laughs> i believe it but i figured his play reported it please i don't really care what happens after that do you think they'll contact you eh, i don't know maybe so the soft bonk was that on the back of the car the side of the car front of the car it was on the front of the like around the headlight it's the world's smallest dent it All even right. took me like seconds to find it so the car is fine. Sweet. But um, you're just gonna drive off after honking, then I'm gonna go honking. That's the way to keep it. Drive. Give give me the bonk. You'll get the honk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love like, that. Is we might boink. We might bonk. I don't know. Dope. One hundred percent. So I, I kind of want to give the guests uh, or 
the listeners some like history if you don't mind uh kirby so i originally met you in college our freshman year yeah you were like one of the first people i actually met because we ended up as neighbors and i was a bitter boy back then and hated everybody so we didn't like actually meet really we were just like yo so yeah yeah and and you had a you had a roommate named sam lee oh yes yeah yeah sam and he was he was he was pretty cool he was awesome yeah sam cool yeah and and so when I, i remember oftentimes like because I'd be napping at just random points in the day because hashtag depression. Um, don't do it, folks. Um, but but I would be napping and then, uh, I don't know, some noise would be happening in the hallway and I'd open up my door and I'd look around and I'd be like, where's this noise coming from? Ugh. And I remember one time, I think it was our... Uh, a collective friend, Jared, was there, and he was talking to Sam, and I was like, "Hey, Jared," or not? Yeah, I didn't know him at the time then. I was like, "Hey, you gotta be quiet. I'm napping here," and it was like midday. Yeah, yeah, and oh, I always thought like I was always nervous because, like, I remember um, us being in some of the similar classes because we were honors, and um, uh when we were in the same classes, I remember one time coming up to you and be like, hey, can you please help read my essay? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> like you, you paid me like a dollar to edit this one essay. Yeah, yeah, cause I was just like, <laughs> I don't know English. What's English? English? Yeah, and, and you're like, fine <laughs> yeah i was like yeah whatever i'll take the dollar a dollar is a dollar man yeah dude oh man i remember that and our ra um i mean all right i'm not gonna say his name he was a uh, kind of a cool dude really awkward dude software like an uh, uh, like a computer engineer guy um he used to run in between his room and the bathroom really late at night naked did you ever catch him doing that thankfully i didn't but apparently you did yeah and you know that's so scarring especially when you're like just starting college right you're trying to get like used to the people around you and then like especially for me i hated high school i hated people so like same though so it was really awkward when you're living so close to all these other people that you have no idea about you you may barely even know your roommate and you just kind of look around the corner you're trying to like go get some water wait at night and then all of a sudden naked ra right in front of you just boom yeah yeah all it's um well it's not glory a buck wild going buck wild dude I'm telling you, and you're just like, whoa, I'm going to go to my room now. I can sleep because this was a nightmare. Uh, oh, man. The thing is, it's not a nightmare because you don't wake up from it. It's just life. Oh, uh, no. You don't wake up. You're it's right. You're right. And then, so then sophomore year. Uh, you lived with Jared on his floor, not with Jared, but you lived on Jared's floor, right? Yeah, because he was the RA, so I ended up on the third floor of the same building. Oh my gosh, I got obliterated. Anyway. Yeah, on the third floor of the same building, and and that was a pretty wild floor. They came up with their own games and everything, like Smash Ball. Um, yeah, what was it? Like, Smash Ball or yeah. Ball? I wasn't as involved in it, but... Smash Ball. Yes, Smash Ball. And it's Smash Ball for everyone who doesn't know. Um, it's basically you have all the balls, all, like you're playing on a pool table and you have all the balls kind of in the middle or something like that. You're just trying to smash them into all the holes, right? Or just like on a certain side. 
take air hockey and put it on a pool table with pool balls and take a lot of crushed fingers and whimpering and that's pretty much the glorious thing that it was. And I remember Smash Ball was to rival Jubal. And Jubal was like really popular, I, I guess, on my floor, which was the building right next door on the first floor. Um, and, and, and Jubal just involved the black ball, uh, the black eight ball, and the cue ball. And you would be hitting the black eight ball with the white cue ball and trying to get it into a hole um, and try to get somebody else. It was more like horse. Um, but with the word uh, Jew, because when you're in college, sensitivity doesn't matter. Because fuck that. Um, <laughs> duck that. So We're to speak. all sensitive, so we just hurt each other to actually be able to feel something. Because even though we're sensitive, we're actually dead inside. Oh, and the depression didn't hit as real as it did junior year when I became an RA and then you moved to my floor. That's when it really got real. Which That's when everything truly began. Which started the namesake for not only, I, I think, the productions that we're doing right now, and also the, the everlasting history of what's called the Thick Boys. Um, that was the day that it all began. And I don't even remember how it began. Like, in, in full truth, like, I don't know, I don't have a... Rem I don't remember at all where it started. I have like a memory of the first day and then everything just kind of blurs from there until like, I guess the day that we started clicking down the hall, running to Kyler's room because um, all of a sudden Uganda Knuckles was huge. Yeah, but we started, we started before that, like, you know, yeah, but... all weirdos meet in the same way, where you're like, hey, hey, and you're just all kind of normal people, because mm -hmm. you don't all understand that you're just a bunch of weirdos yet, yeah. but then the time it truly started was when Randall was like, hey, do you guys want to like join this D&D &D campaign that I'm going to do? That's when it really started was when we all joined for D&D and realized we're actually all just a bunch of massive fucking nerds. Yeah. I I mean, I I I don't even remember all of our sessions, which is crazy to me. But then again, we've had so many sessions since then that it's yeah. incredible. Um we have been far. To get more into like the history of the Thick Boys, um so when I was an RA, um my first, my first, I guess, semester I was an RA, I wanted to do video games as a start off. And I was told by a lot of like my fellow RAs, hey, you know, video games are cool and everything, but that's kind of niche. And I was like, you bet it's definitely kind of niche. Um, but I definitely wanted to create a place where people could um, find themselves kind of at home. And there's nothing I felt at home with with more than video games. And I um, figured there's a, for a lot of people, that's actually a real concept. Um, if you had asked any, anybody 10 years ago, that wouldn't be true, but you know, now it is. So you were saying, I feel. Oh yeah, I feel. Video games were my life, like my childhood. Mm -hmm. I grew up like a huge shut-in so video games became my world and my creative outlet especially like being home alone with parents at work all day like especially during summers i would just play video games and that's yeah. kind of where i fell in love with fictional worlds and stories and everything too yeah which Turned really into a giant nerd yeah yeah which especially and when people create these giant worlds and stuff, that's exciting. And I feel like for at least our floor, um, not only year one, but year two, because this continued not just that semester, not just to the end of that year, but even to the next year when more than half of the floor reapplied to specifically be on Owen first 
which was um, now not only thick boys as a as a floor, but it became a multi-year friendship. Um, most of us still talk. Um, and if like any of us aren't talking, at least some, most of us would like say hello to them. Like I know uh, there are a couple guys um, who aren't necessarily always a video game type. They do play video games though. Uh, a little bit more like jockey guys uh, who play sports. Um, if that's a proper way to put it, which probably isn't, but uh, they also really got into the spirit of the floor. Um, you can't resist the thick forever. Exactly, and and I remember at the time like thick boys. Um, it wasn't even that big of a thing. Like being thick wasn't like this almost sexy type thing as it is now. Um, and then it became something and we became something with it even though none of us whatsoever could be defined as necessarily thick except for I think Nat oh yeah he a thick boy I mean yeah yeah he's thick um, but like most of us are like skinny to middle weighted gentlemen who are basically nerds so there's there's no real like attractive force. It's not like we're the Zac Efron's or the uh, the Hugh Jackmans of of a college campus at all. But like the spirit was awesome on the floor, and it was um, touted by a, a lot of the other RAs as one of the closest floors um, that they had ever seen. Uh, Thickness isn't in the thighs. Well, maybe it is, but it's also in the heart. Thicknesses and blood. Um, it's in blood the than water. It's in the heart, and uh, that's why we all suffer. Uh, <laughs> be like, and and be, rarely do you get to create groups of random people that, like, within a month of meeting, do you get to go, guys? I want to die. Yeah, just like our standard greeting is, I want to die. I want to die, or like, I want to er, oof off a roof. That one's a solid one. Um, and I think over the course of the podcast, you guys will hear from other thick boys and hear from them their experiences and their favorite jokes, like Milosh. Um, uh, we will definitely get the original Milosh in here soon, but until then, um, let's kind of talk more about games. Uh, you said you're currently playing War Thunder. I remember, I remember when we all got together, and I would be playing. I would be at desk, and we'd all be playing War Thunder. Yeah, I'm really the only one of the major thick boys that still plays a lot of War Thunder. I was kind of the one that introduced it, but yeah, we all kind of chunked around with War Thunder for a bit, and I mean, it's my baby. It's my addiction. I mean, it, it's an excellent game, 100%. So, um, on top of that, we uh, often got together to play League of Legends. Oh, yeah, the day that... Um, who was it? Nat. Nat, Nat and Randall um, got us all like one by one convinced us all to start playing League of Legends. I remember how resistant I was because League of Legends is not the kind of game that I usually play. And so I was like, mm, no. Banser. It, it, it's not Banser, but it's just like, eh, lazy. I'm a little bitch. I don't want to do it. But then they're like, hey, at all these awesome characters and then i saw the fluff oh and I was like that's too fluffy for me to not get involved with i gotta have the fluff are you talking about ari yeah i'm talking about like the only character that i can actually play well uh, ari what a what a the nine-tailed fox herself right mm -hmm. so beautiful uh so fluffy. 
we would all gather in this cramped room and these these rooms were not that big already and then they like already and they already have two beds in them two chester or four chester drawers um two amwa like two like closets okay two desks and then six of us would pile in this room with our pcs <laughs> our, our laptops and be like all right all right uh can someone please help me up top uh i'm getting roasted here <laughs> we would use Matt Randall's beds as desks because we didn't have enough space otherwise and since we were on the first floor at that time it was like a high traffic area for people going between outside and common area on the other side of the floor and so all these people would walk by giving us weird looks but we wouldn't notice because we were sucked into League of Legends yeah yeah and like um, I think the max we got in there was eight people, but like the, the people would be going by and some of them would get it. I remember one time there was a guy who came in and he was like, heck yeah. Are you guys like a team or something? And we're like, no, we're not that good. <laughs> no, we're all terrible. Yeah. As like, it's like 2 a.m. and we're screaming at the top of our lungs at th on a Thursday night. Just like, oh, oh. <laughs> We got one or two or five requests from public safety to be quiet because it'd be like two in the morning and Legacy would sound like he's doing something else. Yeah. And half of us would be like raging at some overpowered guy because we all suck and the people that we play against don't, so we lose all the time. Oh, of course. Yasuo. Oh yeah, freaking the days where we had no clue what to do against a Yasuo. Those were dark days. Fair, fair and balanced gameplay. Fair and balanced. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, I think another, uh, I I think another solid memory that goes into, I guess, League of Legends and playing League of Legends all together, was the times when like some someone would do like super well and we just all freak out like uh egan uh pentakill on gnosis yes baby's first pentakill <laughs> as we're all just like getting creamed and then all of a sudden egan comes from top down and he just goes boink boink bonk 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 you see it's that real Gnosis power spike where you kill the rest of his team and then he just decides, I'm going to turn around and you're going to die and you don't have anything to say about it. As he, and it happened. As he, he hits, it. as he hits you with an axe. Whoosh, I remember that. Yeah. Oh, so beautiful. Those were some chunks. Yeah. And that was before League of Legends did the whole new dragon thing. That was, that was a time. That was a different time of life. Yeah, that was like, what are we in? Like season 10 right now of League? Yeah, I think that was yeah, season so that, 7, wasn't it? No, we started in season 8, I think. Oh, okay. That was like season 8 or 9 for us. Bangering. You know. Yeah. Um, on top of that, you've played a little bit of Legends of Runeterra. We've kind of talked about this before. Um, you kind of we went into it. it. Yeah. Yeah, when it went into open beta i decided to give it a go and oh my gosh the art is beautiful and oh. i love how it opens up the world so much more because league of legends has a very interesting world not gonna lie mm -hmm. and right now i'm just kind of waiting for it to develop more so i'm not as active in legends of runeterra now and that's actually the game i'm currently playing is uh legends of runeterra uh, right now playing a deep deck with the new um, new question mark uh, Maokai he's kind of already been in there but also um, what's his name I can't believe I've forgotten it uh, he is the deep diver he freaking Dyke? Uh, no um, giant yeah. suit of armor Ooh, Nautilus. Nautilus Nautilus yes Nat's uh, waifu 
<laughs> yeah. Other than Tom Kench. I think Nautilus is Nat's true waifu because the real canon is that it's a very beautiful girl inside that diving suit. Oh, uh, like a Zoe-esque girl? <laughs> Which is Nat's other waifu, so to speak. Total Wally in this huge diving suit. No, oh, 100%. I'm so for that. <laughs> but, I can see it. Totally logical. That's a good meta. Uh, I love that. <laughs> and then there's also Valorant coming out. Do you know if you're going to play that? Dude, I don't even know what Valorant is. Oh, Valorant is... Um, so imagine CSGO, but it's League of Legends anyway. Um, it doesn't oh, even have... The, the shooter. Yeah. It doesn't have any of the League of Legends characters, which kind of sucks. But... Um, I've heard a lot of people liking it so far. We'll have to try it sometime. Yeah, it comes into beta on June, or no, into alpha on June 2nd, so you can play it once June 2nd hits about. So. What if you want me, bro? Uh, buh, um, yeah, I'm not here. Uh, ooh. I totally don't have a point three KT in Call of Duty. 1v1 me. Uh, buh. <laughs> Uh, point 0.5. Um, no, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Look at this boy flexing over here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I die two times every time I kill one person. Nailing it. Nailing it. Like, you can't beat that. Uh, honestly, I can't either. So, it's okay. Um, but outside of that, We've talked a little bit about these games that we're playing. Uh, we've also played quite a bit of board games as a group. And um, we talked about D&D &D, uh, with one of our larger first experiences with the floor was uh, creating this D&D &D group with Randall as DM. I remember that. Uh, you were in it. Um, a guy you'll see later here, Matthew Hessler, was in it. Uh, Kyler was not in it at the time, but we had a guy named John in it. Yeah, John joined us for our second semester, so the second half of that cam original campaign. Yeah, I don't... And then Kyler joined us, like, right at the very end when we were setting up to hand things over to me as DM for the second campaign, but... Yeah. Yeah, that first campaign, those are, like, my real memories. Um... So, allow me to ask this. When did you become interested in Dungeons & Dragons? Like, when did you first play? Was that your first experience? It wasn't my first. Um, it was my first, like, extended experience with Dungeons & Dragons, though. Um, I first actually touched to Dungeons & Dragons um, in our second year when I was on Jared's floor, because we had a guy there who kind of did what Randall did. He's like, hey, guys want to play some Dungeons & Dragons sometime? And mm -hmm. so we all got together for like two sessions before it died because most of the people were kind of half-hearted in it. Okay. But like, before that, I kind of bought into the um, what do you call it? We're definitely cutting this pause out. Because I can't think of a freaking word. Um, Mystification? No. Um, I guess I got like into the bandwagon idea of Dungeons and Dragons just being the thing that the nerds of nerds would play. Like, because mm -hmm. I understood my whole life I was nerdy, but. It was like the people who play Dungeons and Dragons are nerds beyond all nerddom. Mm -hmm. And like, I just kind of agreed with the common sentiment that used to exist with D&D, that it was just kind of cringy to be part of it. Mm -hmm. Not that I even really knew anything about D&D at that point. I was just like, oh yeah, that's that cringy thing people play. But then in late 2016 I decided to join these people I wasn't super duper comfortable with other than Jared um, for a session of D&D &D, and I was like oh my gosh this is 
better than sliced bread with butter and Nutella. Okay. <laughs> and, like, I was... I literally got addicted. We played that first session, and then, uh, like, the night after, I took the player's handbook and read it cover to cover in, like, three hours. Oh, snap. Like, I got so engrossed with it for some reason. It just fascinated me, because... Like, I'm a writer. I don't know if we'll ever really go deep into that in another episode, because not many other thick boys are writers, but, like, I've been into writing for several years, and I was like, hey, this is a way to put a story into a game and make it amazing. Mm -hmm. And even though, like, the two sessions that we did with that group were not good at all, they were just kind of half put together and stuff. The concept fascinated me. Mm -hmm. And then I start like ranting and raving with some of my high school friends about it. And then one of them is like, hey, maybe we should just make our own D&D campaign. So we did that and I actually got my first true campaign. Sweet. But then... Uh, there was a little bit of a falling out, just DM player incompatibility. Not that there's necessarily anything wrong with that, but yeah, it happens with groups where not everyone really mixes well. So, um, basically, we did that full campaign, and it was great. It was a great story and everything. It was only a couple of months, so it was short, but it was fun. Okay, and then. I was kind of like wanting to get into being a DM myself, so we try that, but then that's kind of around the time that it died because things were just kind of coming to a head at that point. So that campaign died. And then I didn't really have D&D for like another year until Randall was like, hey, guys want to play some D&D maybe? And then that's when I truly entered the Thick Boys. And we got into, oh my gosh, I blew up. We got into that yeah i i i definitely remember him randall coming up to me as the ra and him being like hey so i kind of do this back home it's really fun for me um can we would you be willing for to let me post on some like ads for people to play dnd just some signups um at least from my experience i had played a little bit off and on uh, with some people we thought about doing larger campaigns but we never really did it so they're all just kind of one shots um and my experience with dnd wasn't that great um kind of that dm player incompatibility was a huge thing for me at that it's time hard to, it's hard to find a good group yeah and that's like 80 percent of what makes dnd so awesome is the people that you're playing it with yeah, yeah, whether that's the person themselves or the character that they create quite often. Yeah. And so um, for me, I was like, yeah, go ahead and do it, whatever. Um, I'm pretty busy, but I'll see what I can do in my schedule to see if I can do it, right? Um, and I, saw, I, I figured I had time. Um, I said, hey, can we do it during this time where I'm kind of very much free, where I'm kind of working but also it's free and um he was like yeah and we all did it at that time and it was really fun uh i was also able to get my friend like i said matthew and he'll be here in a later episode um to be like hey yeah we can definitely 100 percent do this um and we all kind of came together and made these characters and this is kind of what started the Thick Boys, started the memes, started the jokes and the laughs, the gags and the goofs. Um, you said, like, um, your previous experiences made you want to become a DM. Uh, was that also true for Randall's campaign? I would say so, yeah. Um, like, like I mentioned before, I'm a huge creative type. I love to create especially stories like I've always loved building worlds and characters in my head and D&D &D is like right up that alley 
So whenever I get to be part of a campaign as a player, it basically spawns the desire to make my own. All right. And so that's why after my first full campaign, I started DMing what ended up quickly being a failed campaign. And then after Randall's campaign, that first year that the Thick Boys became a thing in our second school year I started a campaign that went for a little while before I ended it for personal reasons mm -hmm. but I am with attempt number three three's the charm because we've been going for a day short of nine months now yeah campaign. Um, especially with some of us who have graduated now we've had this event where we are able to kind of get together still online and play um kind of to to step back a bit um you were kind of talking about some inspirations you've had um when forming a story i wanted to talk a little bit more about that um how do you where, where do you find yourself in making stories how do you where what what is your process what are some of your inspirations when you're creating the uh campaigns like we'll be seeing later on the Thick Boys Network? I think for me, of course, every creative person is different, but for me, it generally, the real ones, okay, like the real ones that are successful, those stories that actually last, they take form first in the body of a character. I don't know why, but for me, the stories that I always stick with and find as something I can return to year after year and work on are the ones where I find like a main character that's just like, I could spend my life with this person as my best friend. Mm -hmm. And so I've written a few stories that kind of started just as a character and then I pretty much ask him like, hey, what's your story? So um, okay. that's kind of where my creative inspiration mainly comes from. And then also I like, of course, to mix in the elements of the things I'm interested in. So for me, that is like adventure and oddly enough, warfare. War is interesting to me for whatever reason. So my stories usually end up involving a war in some degree. Okay. Whether that's like a traditional war or a war between two people. Okay. But you kind of saw that in my first campaign, like the whole backdrop between or behind it. Oh yeah. Like a war between angels and demons and like you guys being in the aftermath of that. And I, I... then go ahead oh i was gonna say i definitely remember that for sure 100 percent. and then we have my current campaign that is starting to build that kind of tension even though it started mainly as a do whatever you want this is an open world adventure of memitude yeah which oddly enough has grown into something that i hope you all enjoy because i certainly enjoy it and i like where it's gone I, I i as a player i can tell you i definitely enjoy the stories that you kind of bring and what you allow our characters to do and how um more specifically and i every dm does this but more specifically how um you let it interact with the world um because to me at least as a character that's really important to me that not only they do my experiences kind of affect what's going on right now, but they affect the world as I see it. Um, it's really interesting to see um, that the choices I make can affect an environment, not just in real life, because in real life that happens all the time, but um, in, in, in this almost fictional world, um, I don't want this static storyline. I want it to grow as much as I'm growing. And the fact that you present that as a DM 
um, not only inspires me as a fellow dungeon master, so to speak, but also as a player to um, not only be a better player, but do more things with that. Um, I feel like you're verbally head patting me right now, and I love it. Uh, dude, take the head pat. Um, <laughs> I love head pats. Good, good, <laughs> good head pats. Please, please give them. Um, <laughs> so one thing we haven't talked about a whole lot yet is your campaign. Like you ran a steampunk campaign for a couple of sessions. I 100% did. I remember that. Um, and I enjoyed that one thoroughly. Um, it was only a few sessions and I wanted to develop something out of it further. I had seen it off of, um, what would you call it? A, what do they call them? It's when it's like a fundraiser type thing. Yeah. I saw it on there and that was really interesting to me. So, um, having seen that, I was like, I definitely want to do something with this. And when I was finally able to do something with it, uh, I was able to do that with you guys. And it was a little bit more complicated than I had first thought of, but I figured, um, let's see with roll with the punches. I know these guys are experienced and now, um, with a little bit more knowledge on it and, and actually D and D itself, I'm hoping to create a campaign here soon, or I have been working on a campaign. I have been creating a campaign. Um, that allows me to do something like that. Um, and in fact, I'm just going to do it within the D and D universe, but in the steampunk because D and D recently has been making the steampunk almost transition, which has been incredibly exciting for me. Um, especially with Eberron. And so the next campaign I hope to do, and I thought about doing a one shot, but we'll see what happens next um, with you guys is this uh, wonderful idea of um, using Eberron and using kind of steampunk, because I'm really into steampunk, into doing something. A lot of my inspirations as a DM have come from more real life events. For example, like um, the Hindenburg, which is this um, incredibly important historical event that teaches us um, about the dangers of hydrogen and um, its flammability. And to that degree, um, I kind of want to bring these types of experiences back into um, the campaigns that I want to play, for example, with you guys. Uh, and we'll be able to hopefully do that soon. And maybe it'll be featured um, here as a kind of a mini podcast thing. Um, but for now, uh, talking about that, um, talk to us about season one. Now, season one, uh, we call it Thick Boys Online. Uh, have you, I'm not sure if there's a specific title yet, um, but we'll have a title. Working on it. Oh, you got it? Trying. Oh, okay. Um, I'm desperately trying to actually find a name for my campaign since I've just kind of called it Thick Boys Online because it was the first D&D campaign that we moved online because like half of us were graduating at the time. So we were like, hey, let's have something that we can continue on even after like half of us don't even go to college anymore. Yeah. But Thick Boys Online is kind of starting to become more of a what do I call it? Not like a series, because it's more than just a series. A collection of different things we can do. So I need to find a name for my original campaign. I swear I'm working on it. We'll have it eventually, folks. Yeah, but um, talk to us about season one of that. Um, we kind of just got done with it. Not last week, but the week before. Um, yeah. We had some character changes in the middle of the season, but if... You kind of want to just go over what kind of happened during that season, kind of get um, our listeners started on that so that even though they won't be able to hear season one, they'll be caught up for season two. Yeah, how do I make this concise? Oh, boy. Okay, so basically, I've already kind of given the backstory of how the campaign started. We wanted to continue D&D even after... I just got destroyed. We kind of wanted to continue 
playing D&D as friends even after half of us moved away from college and went on with our lives. So we used Roll20 to kind of make a campaign and I was like, hey, this campaign isn't going to be restricted by like the time constraints of semesters. You like until then our D&D campaigns have been like it's going to run for a semester or it's going to run for two semesters a school year. Mm -hmm. So it'd have like a defined this is how many sessions it would run. But this one is kind of more open ended and I thought why not make it just open world. I will create a world and you guys just kind of go for it. Build your characters and do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. So before like the graduation and all that actually took place, we started kind of building our ideas and you guys decided let's be evil people. Mm -hmm. Or at least not be the heroes of the story and so one thing led to another and the idea was like you're probably going to become pirates so that brings us ultimately to session one after non-concise backstory and how many people did we start with we started with seven right seven players yes we had randall's brother andrew who left part way through because he's out of the states right now mm -hmm. doing stuff but yeah we started with um, him as a goliath barbarian yeah then had his brother randall at starting as a human warlock um, we had nat or yeah randall was a human we had Nat as a half-elf ranger who, for like 10 sessions, everyone believed was actually a fighter. <laughs> Legacy, we had you as a half-elf rogue. Yes. Um, then let's see, we had Matthew as a... Da -da 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 -da, what are they called? The red people. Tieflings. Uh, uh, yeah, he is a tiefling necromancer. Wizard. Mm -hmm. So we have, oh yeah, we have Kyler continuing his meme name um, with the Fork Knight as a Water Ganassi cleric of Umberly. Yes. Uh, then we also had Scott, who is a, I think he's a half elf. He's either a half elf or a human, um, who is a bard, even though he's not your slutty lay the dragon instead of slay the dragon kind of bard he's more of <laughs> like he's your stereotypical pirate he's a mean motherfucker yeah and he don't take shit from nobody is that everybody is... I, I think that is everybody okay yeah that's kind of our starting party and i started them um in the town of loudwater which i don't know maybe some of our viewers someday might actually recognize as something I pulled from some obscure D&D book from a previous edition and just kind of took the setting out of it. Cough, but cough. you start... <laughs> um, I started everybody in just this little town of Loudwater kind of with a little job for hire sort of deal to get everyone together. One thing leads to another and they beeline for the coast because the sword coast is a land of opportunity and by that i mean there's pirates pirates and their ships to pirate and all that and so um, let's see i'm gonna try to go in chronological order but i'm probably gonna remember things like midway through and be like oh wait but anyway, um, you guys went to the city of Waterdeep as your introduction to the Sword Coast and met up with your first uh, true NPC ally, Alira Linebot, who um, uh. most of the players remember is 
a character from the previous campaign I did, the one with the Angels and Demons War. And so, they recognized her, and there's a little something something going on there, but they haven't investigated that a whole lot. But the characters don't really recognize her other than, like, I feel like I know her. But anyway, one thing leads to another, and kind of kiss and make up from previous falling outs happen, and the party agrees um, we will work with Lyra to take a ship as our own and start our piloting adventure. That's a giant tank, and <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> and that leads to actually taking a ship originally known as the Sweetbriar from a very wealthy explorer named Patrick Coleman. And essentially, instead of just being your hobos and just going in guns blazing, what does our party do? They sneak their way in. Do they do it with stealth? No. They do it with shenanigans. As Lying you do. As you do. Lying, deceiving, disguising their way in. Um, one of you kills Patrick Coleman while he's on the road. It's not like he was anything special as far as combat goes. But then Nat's character, Ernest, takes like his form as a disguise and yep. breaks it. And yeah, like you guys break in, do some shenanigans, work on stealing the boat, and in the meantime, um, what the fuck happened? Ow. You have, um, shit, I'm losing my train of thought again. Ernest, like, finds this little girl, oh, not gosh. so little, really, more like, she's like 16 or 17, roughly, um, and it turns out to be Patrick Coleman's daughter. But Ernest is currently disguised as Patrick Coleman. So she's like, Dad, what's going on? Like, there's a lot more people awake right now than there should be, blah, blah, blah. And so he, like, just straight up lies to her that everything's going to be all right, blah, blah, blah. Yep. And just this awkward, like, I'm pretending to be your dad and trying to not blow my cover sort of thing. But one thing leads to another. You guys blow up a warehouse full of gunpowder and also interesting inventions that you never got to investigate because you blew them up. Also, <laughs> as you do. As you do, because a major session, <laughs> a major session without at least one massive fucking explosion. And then they take the ship and they sail away. Huzzah. Yeah. After killing many people one or two mass murders in Waterdeep before leaving. So, they continue on and they're like, we can't go back to Waterdeep. So they sail north to Neverwinter. And they end up finding uh, this lighthouse where you guys collect your second NPC ally, a divination wizard by the name of Wisperia Fairland half-elf um, very apathetic kind of woman but interesting enough for a diviner divination wizard she also experiments in necromancy oh. which is like uwu for lucius matthew's necromancer mm -hmm. and so you guys end up taking her with you because she was under house arrest for practicing necromancy Oops. and experimenting with it and um, oh my gosh this is where consequences really happened Lucius okay the tiefling divination with or um, tiefling necromancer oh. is like I need more bodies because 
you know, when you're not just actively committing mass murders, it's kind of hard to collect enough bodies to keep raising as a necromancer, and Lucius was starting to learn this. So what does he do? He goes to the slums of Neverwinter, kills a man, broad yep. daylight, yep. raises his body, broad daylight, knows that there's witnesses, broad daylight, <laughs> and just goes on his way. Well, one thing leads to another. He ends up getting arrested. And then the party's like, well, shit. Now we have to either go save him or just leave him to his demise. And oddly enough, with how much half the party doesn't actually get along very well in character, <laughs> you guys decide, yeah, we should probably go save him. Mm -hmm. Then you have this prison break episode. And... One thing leads to another, and there's this grand escape from the harbor of Neverwinter. With your two new NPCs in tow. And now with massive bounties in two of the four major city-states on the Sword Coast, you guys decide to go somewhere else for a little while, and that somewhere else is the Moonshade Isles. Which is a bit into the ocean. Yeah. And so that's been an interesting run. Around that time, we have uh, two character switches. Um, actually, just after the escape from Neverwinter, mm -hmm. Andrew's Barbarian, and also um, Randall's Warlock. Um, they're kind of, they're not brothers, but they had a connected backstory because Andrew's Barbarian was Randall's Warlock's um, butler basically because mm -hmm. he was from a wealthy family and yeah. so they decide to do a character switch because andrew is leaving and understandably randall wanted to play a different character because sometimes you want to do that and so those two characters end up disappearing off the boat the party was never able to actually figure out what happened but i know what happened anyway hashtag dm <laughs> Hashtag DM knows. But then, um, Randall took over one of the crew members on the ship, who was a very accomplished ranger by the name of Errol. And then, Legacy, you also switched your character from basically budding pirate queen Ava Arun to your. Mimi gnome artificer, <laughs> a glorious guy by who goes by many names, but is known mostly to us as Schmenko. Yes, um, quite notably recently as a uh, biscuit meniscus. He's <laughs> got um, a lot of names, a lot of places. Hint to about me here or there. Into hello from the Magic Tavern. Uh, thanks, you guys. I love you. Um, <laughs> but yes, 100%. Then you guys make it to the Moonshade Isles with your partially reconstructed party. And you upgrade your ship a little bit, get some fancy things going there. Do a few different minor quests that involve killing a interesting druid dude. Mm -hmm. who was, according to a dream that the Fork Knight, the cleric, had, was going to, like, summon some great sea monster or something, and the Fork Knight's goddess, Umberly, was not going to stand for that because she's the bitch queen of the sea. And yada yada yada. So mm -hmm. you guys nuked that druid, and one of my favorite personal moments from the campaign happened there with the druid chucking his trident to toward the altar that was going to end up summoning the sea monster and you know you gotta love Ernest. he's not a fighter he's a lover and a memer so he's not actually really participating in the fight but he's like i got it i got it <laughs> rolls a natural freaking 20 to try to catch the trident and that was going to be something that's like, yeah, I'm rolling d20s for the damage if it hits you. But he rolled in that 20 trying to catch it, so he catches it. Mm -hmm. 
stops the last ditch effort to summon sea monster, day is saved. So that was one of my personal favorite moments so far from the campaign. Um, the closest thing to a major quest that was going on was when you guys met a nine-tailed fox. Yeah. And um, we're essentially tasked with a possible trade by the nine-tailed fox. If you mm. guys can collect this mysterious princess with not a whole lot of detail behind her and bring her to the fox for unknown uses she would give you quote-unquote minor wishes in return hell yeah you guys spend a few sessions going about this and mm -hmm. at this point I'm realizing that i am not being concise at this at all i'm just rambling um cut this out um <laughs> cut it <laughs> cut it out cut it out cut it i need a gun Cut. Take two. And... Fuck. I killed my own train of thought again, Legacy. Help. Um, so... <laughs> at, we fought to Druid. We're going in um, through the Moonshade Isles. We get to um, a cove, right? We get in some pirate fights and then we get to a cove. Oh, yeah. You guys end up, like, fighting some pirates and then realizing, like... Oh... We found where the princess is. She's been captured by like three different groups by the time you actually find her. Yeah. And by the time you find her, she is in the hands of one Dunzik Vane, who is a fairly high up pirate in what is known as the Pirate Confederacy. Mm -hmm. And so you guys decide to shenanigan your way into his cove kind of like you did with Patrick Coleman's estate to steal your ship originally as you do as you do because dank memes mm -hmm. and one thing leads to another massive fight breaks out you guys actually do save the princess quote unquote save <laughs> and then player three joins the game and Coleman daughter of the late Patrick Coleman has been hunting you guys why? because she has an artifact known as the Eye of Divination which is one of the pieces of eight which is an interesting little collection of doohickeys that you might see more of in the upcoming season Oh. But she has the Eye of Divination, which is more or less, from what you guys understand, the pinnacle of all divination magic. So she's basically been scrying on you this whole time, knows that you guys led to her father's death, and she is out for revenge. So huge battle between Stella and hired mercenaries, and then the pirates break out. Mm -hmm. You guys are caught in the middle of it. One thing leads to another huge fight happens um, as you guys are trying to make your escape, because you didn't really bring your ship with you. Mm -hmm. And most of you almost die. Ernest actually dies. We have our first player death. Okay. Hell yeah. And um, rip Ernest. But then you guys barely manage to kill Stella Coleman in her blind, furious rage of teenageritude. And with that, you make off with her Eye of Divination. And before this, one thing I do need to backtrack on. You guys had already collected half of the Mask of Illusion at this point. So you, you now have one and a half of the pieces of eight. Yes. But anyway, you guys kind of make off with that. With your collected princess, hand her over to the Nine-Tailed Fox. Her fate is unknown, but I'll let you know. But there was a reason why the Nine-Tailed Fox wanted the princess, and it was basically food. 
Okay. Because princesses are tasty desserts for the kind of creatures that suck your soul out. Of course. Cool. And then after that, you guys return to your not really base operations, but kind of your hub that you keep returning to. Major city state of Care Calibur in the Moonshade Isles. And mm -hmm. after like half an hour of me rambling, fuck damn it. That brings us to the end of the beat chronology of season one of my so far unnamed campaign of Thick mm -hmm. Boys Online Group. And now you guys are on hiatus about two months or so of downtime in game to kind of do your own things. And then we're going to bring back things in season two and they're going to be bigger, better, probably memeier. Hell yeah. But overall, hopefully better. So, okay, I've talked my lungs out. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. So, Lastly, um, is there any sneak peeks you can get this, give us into season two? Any things that you're thinking, oh, this might happen. This, this, uh, pol political intrigue, uh, any, spo any spoilers? Um, no spoilers, but maybe some sneak peeks. Um, hmm. Some head pats. Oh yeah, there's gotta be head pads. I'm gonna let you know. There's gonna be something head pad worthy in this season. Heck yeah. And the more pats you deposit, the more pats you lose. Because interest or something like that. It's a head pad bank. I don't oh. know what I'm even talking about anymore. Head pads. <laughs> I like head, head pads. Head pads. Um head outside of that. Go ahead. Yeah, outside of glorious head pats, um, you guys can expect maybe some political intrigue, maybe some more opportunities for proper piracy. You guys haven't found any huge halls yet, despite starting this campaign expecting to be pirates. Mm -hmm. Definitely more on the lore of the world. Right now, you guys kind of understand it as Faerun, but a bit in the future. Kind of my own homebrew version of the standard D&D world Faerun. Mm -hmm. um, or the Forgotten Realms, Faerun's one of the contents. But, yeah, more lore on what makes this world unique. And the overall story is really going to start taking shape. Sweet. Well, I, I mean... That sounds exciting, and I'm definitely excited as a player for season two. I hope that um, everyone else is for sure. Um, and on top of that, um, I want to thank you, Kirby, for coming onto the podcast today, the first podcast uh, that we'll be having. And of course, we will see you in the second season of what we're calling Thick Boys Online right now. To be determined name later. Name to be determined. You'll have a name by the first episode of season two. I'm Heck desperately yeah. trying to figure something out. But anyways, yeah, boy. Perfect. Either way, that is a wonderful conclusion to GG Boys, the first podcast that you guys will see. Hopefully there will be more soon here. Um, but to sign you guys off, GG WP. And oh. we'll see you next week. I wanted to do it. GGWP.